Blog Talk Radio. and you're listening to Live Without Limits, coming to you from the Blog Talk Radio studios. And today's topic is the definite major purpose, Napoleon Hill, on how to accomplish anything. The purpose of life is a life of purpose, said Robert Burns. And that is so true, because All of us have a purpose in life. All of us are unique. All of us bring something different to the world, and that's our calling. The idea is that sometimes we don't really know what our calling is because we tend to evolve who we are when we're in our 20s. It's different from who we are in our 30s. It's different to who we are in our 40s our 50s, our 60s, and so on, because we're constantly evolving. Every day of our life, we experience something new, and those experiences help change us. Napoleon Hill was a great teacher to millions of people because his first book was published in 1925. Hill was also a tremendous inspiration to me. I read his book, Think and Grow Rich, which is among the 10 best-selling self-help books of all time, dozens of times, literally dreams, dozens and dozens of times. I want to share with you his insight on what he calls definiteness of purpose. Since he first published these ideas, millions of people have used them to become successful. And it's said that Napoleon Hill and his philosophy created more millionaires than anyone else in history. Now, here's the thing. We are who we are because we're the sum total of our experiences. But here's the other thing. We tend to, as children, remember, you have parents who will constantly say things to you like, you're a great person. You can do anything you can choose. And then you may have parents who say, but you're helpless and you're worthless and you can't accomplish anything. And what happens is those those things that we hear as children become so internal to us that we say these things over and over and over again till we actually believe it. And it's learning to overcome those negative thoughts that you have to turn around. And I talked about and actually referenced and and created an e-learning course around the laws of attraction and how to think more positively 
and how to get beyond those limiting beliefs that we have simply because others have told us that we have limiting beliefs. And all of that has nothing to do with you. It has more to do with the individual who was telling you that, either because it was something that they heard or it's because they feel inferior in some way to other people due to their own experiences or that they, they have a fear of success and that's what they're passing along. Because you know what? What one person experiences firsthand and the things they tell you and you internalize are really secondhand to their experiences. So how are you going to take your experiences and make them and make yourself a better person? Definitely of purpose. So with that background, let's look at the first of his principles, that of definiteness of purpose. What Hill was really noticing in all the successful people he studied was that each of them had decided on something, some purpose upon which to focus their minds. I would like you to, to, to also to begin looking for a definite purpose, something that you can focus your mind on. Bill said that adopting a definite purpose or a major purpose was the starting point of all achievement. You don't have to want to build a transcontinental railroad or invent the personal computer or have some huge goal. Your definite major purpose should be what you want it to do, large or small, or something in between. He'll notice that there was some very powerful advantages that you immediately gain when you adopt a definite purpose in life. That is to say, when you focus your mind on something that you really want to take action on, then you should go out and get it. Now, here's the thing. I grew up with a disability at a time when society didn't even recognize its disability community. Therefore, there was no IDEA, which is the Individual Disability Education Act. There were no such things as IPP, which was, or an IEP, which is an Individual Education Plan, where the teacher sits down with the parent and sets out a, a, a goals for the student and, and they understand how they learn differently and work with them. Then when I graduated high college, there was no ADA. You had the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, which addressed those issues, but there was nothing in it to force companies to actually hire people with disabilities. It took the Americans with Disabilities Act and their clause that talked about the fact that if someone with a disability felt that they were being discriminated against and they could prove it, they could go to the IEC or the 
the Department of Justice and file a lawsuit. The idea being that there should be equal opportunity for everyone, no matter whether or not you have a disability or whatever. And because of that, I would have eventually probably become self-employed anyway, but I basically had no option but to look at self-employment and didn't have the money to get started because I hadn't worked where anywhere where I'd been working long enough to build up the savings because I wasn't making a whole lot of money, didn't have family support systems where they believed in me, and it was up to me to find that way to succeed on my own terms. So I knew that one of the best things that I like to do was stand up in front of people and talk. And the best way to become better at it was to take Toastmasters and join the National Speakers Association where I lived in Atlanta and to learn some of the basic platform skills. And yet, I also became associated with companies where, because my background was in mental health and psychology, that I had learned how to do assessments. So by becoming associated with companies where they had assessment profiles that were really easy to use and simple and could be used in, in packages with training programs, then that became my avenue of being self-employed. But at the same time, I did not have the mobility to get around to really put together all of those packages. And as a speaker, I needed to be able to put together a media kit and put it out. So it kind of stalled my career in that direction. But eventually, as the Internet came into play and websites came into play, then that opened up a whole new avenue and an opportunity for me to play on an equal field with everyone else. Positive qualities. The first of these advantages is that you immediately begin to develop a number of positive and very useful qualities, including self-reliance, personal initiative, imagination, enthusiasm, self-discipline, and concentration on effort. If you've ever wondered why certain people seem to have those qualities and others don't, you now know those who have the qualities that have adopted a definite purpose. They have decided to focus their mind on attainment of some purpose. And as soon as they do, all kinds of inner resources instantly become available. Now, in my case, whenever someone told me I couldn't do anything, that was like putting a red flag in front of me and daring me to prove them wrong. And why was that? Because my personality was such that I was outgoing and that I liked being around people. But because I was different and you didn't see people with disabilities out in the community, I was teased and laughed at. 
and did not have a family that I could turn to that would say, hey, we love you as you are, and you can do whatever you choose to do. So I had to be the one to find a way to believe in myself. And that's why I ended up in the field of psychology and mental health and rehabilitation counseling because it has evolved to where what I do is help help people overcome their personal obstacles and get beyond their comfort zones. And one of the things that I do is that I help business owners with their online presence and how to build and market a business online. When you focus your mind on something, the act of doing this makes what you focus on happen in reality. This is partly how this happens. Your mind becomes clearer. You become self-reliant. Your imagination comes alive, and you gain enthusiasm and self-discipline. Advantage number two, specialized knowledge. The section or the second advantage of adopting a definite purpose and focusing your mind on it at that or is that it encourages you to specialize and it attracts you to specialized knowledge that you need to attain your purpose. When you focus on something that you want, your mind seeks out a kind of radar that attracts you to the information that you need to help you get what you want. As soon as you adopt your definite major purpose, your mind begins to exhibit self-reliance. You begin to take personal initiative. You develop motivation. Your, your imagination comes alive and seems to generate solutions to problems effortlessly. You develop enthusiasm for what you're doing, and you enjoy it more. You enjoy it far more. You develop self-discipline, and doing whatever needs to be done no longer seems like work. You also develop concentration of effort and don't get distracted by other possible uses of your time and resources. Time and money, and this is the thing, the third advantage to adopting a definite major purpose is that it induces you to budget your time and money and plan your daily affairs in such a way that leads to the attainment of your purpose. You might even stop wasting your time watching Fear Factor or Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or actually do what anything will really make you into a millionaire. The thing is that when we have a fear of failure, what happens? We allow other people to monetize our time by distracting us from the things that we need to be doing that's going to be working towards our own financial security. You know, I'm not really a big 
soap opera fans, but yes, there was one show that I did follow, and that show was General Hospital. And it, it, what happened was that certain actors returned that I, that I had liked previously, and I would find that what would I do? Watch it on the, at the time it was on. Then on, uh, you had the soap opera network, and it came on later in the evening, and then it came on early in the morning. And I would find myself, and then I realized, what am I doing? They're making money doing what they enjoy doing, but I'm not putting the effort into doing what I need to be doing to make an income for myself. And realizing that is when I began to realize, do the things I need to do first, manage my time much more effectively, then I can always go back and enjoy what I want. And you know what? You can go on YouTube, and you don't have to watch the whole show. You can just watch those segments on the actors that you really appreciate back in the past. And if you notice, since the pandemic hit and all of them went on hiatus because they, they had, they, everything shut down, many of those shows, once they went through all of their new shows and they started showing reruns, they lost a lot of their viewership, and they haven't really gained it back. And it's because people are not watching folks as much as they did back in the 80s and the 90s. And back in the 80s and 90s, you had good, good writers who knew how to tell stories. Today, all they do is take the same stories and rehash them using different actors. So it's, it's gotten to the point that no one cares. And today, you get your entertainment in so many different ways that you don't have to be watching soap operas. Soap operas were very big back in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, simply because you had the men going to work. You had the women staying home, taking care of the babies. And when the babies weren't there and they didn't have any work to do and you only had three channels to choose from, then all you had was, the, was soap operas to choose from. So that's how they became very popular. Then the, 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 the children started watching it with the mother then the, and, or the grandmother. And so that's how it had gained a lot of its popularity. But today, it, all of those people who really love the soap operas are gone, and the ones who watch it today are just those that are so used to watching it because they remember the, the, the feeling they had watching it with their mother or watching it with their grandmother. So the attitudes, and that's why you've also seen soap operas sort of migrate to online through, through uh, what is it, Prime Video or Netflix. So just remember that everything evolves over time anyway. Opportunities. The fourth advantage is that focusing your mind on a definite major purpose makes your mind more alert to opportunities related to your purpose and gives you the courage to act on those opportunities when they appear. When I first started, Career Performance Institute, I was nervous about paying for the first 
500 sets of awakening, prolonged thinking. What will I do with 500 sets of awakening, prolonged, and this doesn't work? But because I have a definite major purpose, and my mind was focused on attaining it, I dared to go ahead and take action, even though I was afraid. Making decisions, in fact, the fifth advantage to having a definite purpose and focusing your mind on it is that it develops a capacity to reach decisions quietly and firmly. Successful people make decisions as soon as enough facts are available and change them slowly if ever. And the reason they can make such decisions is that their mind is focused on what they want. Many positive qualities, including decision-making, will come to you, according to Hill's research, just by adapting a definite purpose and focusing your mind on an attainment of that purpose. Cooperation, the sixth advantage to adopting a definite purpose is, the, is that doing so inspires the cooperation of others and attracts their favorable attention. This is one of the keys of getting those with more resources and more pull to help you. This is our help. I and many other well-known people helped, helped me along the way. I had no more pull than you do with such people when I started, but my definiteness of purpose has somehow attracted those and other people to help me over and over. The same thing will happen to you as you adopt a definite purpose. You will attract the favorable attention and cooperation of others. Always remember this. It's up to you to understand what your purpose is and to state it. You have to have an elevator speech. And in that elevator speech, you need to tell someone within 30 seconds exactly what you do. Advantage number seven, the 12 great riches. But wait, there's more definiteness of purpose according to him. And he should know all brings to you what he calls the 12 great riches of life. These riches are a willingness to share one's blessing, the capability to understand people, harmony in human relationships, open mind on all subjects, the hope of achievement, a positive mental attitude, sound physical health, the capacity for faith, freedom from fear, financial success, a labor of love, and self-discipline. And who wouldn't want these amazing things? 
And finally, faith. The eighth advantage, according to him, is that most important is that the definiteness of purpose prepares the mind for faith, which makes the mind positive and frees it from fear, doubt, discouragement, indecision, and procrastination. You know that you can create what you want. And when you take the way, nothing can stop you. Advantage number nine, successfulness or success consciousness. Finally, the ninth advantage is that definiteness of purpose provides you with a success consciousness and protects you from influences of failure. Your mind becomes sold on succeeding and refuses to accept the possibility of failure. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this is quite an impressive list of advantages just for adopting a definite purpose and focusing your mind on attaining it. It's understanding these things and knowing how to make them work for you. You know, we're the sum total of our experiences, and we're also the sum total of the things that we put into our mind. One of the things that the laws of attraction teaches you is that the the universe is nothing more than an energy force. And if you put out positive energy and you state things in a way that shows that you believe that you deserve them, then they will come your way. But here's the thing. You have to look at your life and you have to determine who you are. And the thing is, don't do something because you want to be like someone else. Don't do something because you, you want to be better than someone else. Do it because it's really your choice in life. Don't sell yourself short. Learn to believe in yourself and who you are. Now, here's the thing, and this is going to kind of be the last little thing that I'm going to talk about, is that you see a lot of stories about people who do things, not simply because it's their calling, but that they're doing it because they want to believe or prove that they're as good at or better than someone else because they still have low self-esteem. Well, if you do what you truly want to do and you're not doing it for fame or recognition, then you're doing something and you will become known as an authority on it because you're the best in that industry. And, you know, in the entertainment business, there's a lot of people go into it not because they really have the talent as much as they do it because they, they need the attention. And it doesn't mean that everyone in that industry has the talent. That's why only one-tenth of 1% of people who go into that industry are wildly successful because it's a natural talent. Not only is it a natural talent, but they also are multi-talented. 
and they can go in other directions besides within the industry. Why was Michael Jackson so successful? Because he was not just the singer. He was the songwriter. He was the producer. He, he, had, he was the one that came up with the ideas. Why was Steve Jobs very successful with Apple? Because he was the idea man, not the, the businessman who knew how to run the company. That's why he needed to bring on other people into his business. And because he was running the company and was not doing or knowing how to take it from a startup to a real corporation, he got thrown out. But then when the company realized that none of the people on there were the innovators that knew how to come up with new ideas and create things and they had to bring him back. And what happened? He created the the cell phone industry and took it to the next. Well, he took the cell phone industry to the next level. He had a big influence on digital music and took that to the next level. And now he's they're looking at the the innovation of, of television and their own TV network. But all of the a mix of that comes from Steve Jobs. And remember, you can go to my website, and that website is the number one personalcareercoach.com. And you can work with us to help you overcome your limiting beliefs. Thank <laughs> you.